Hi, I'm Janelle. And I'm Monique. And welcome to Is Marriage Worth It? We are just two single chicks, girls, women. Anything but females. Trying to figure out what marriage is like and is it worth it? I'm assuming the best place to get the answers is from married people. Maybe engaged people, newlyweds, and even other singles. Each episode, we will have a guest answering different questions we have or that you may have about marriage. Join us as we try to figure out, is marriage worth it? And if it is, I wonder if my future husband or yours is listening right now. Hi, I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And welcome back to another episode of Is Marriage Worth It? So our guests today are Carrie and Michael. And the way that they became guests, I was on Instagram. And for some reason, I was like under the hashtag of Taylor Swift and like love story. And I stumbled upon uh, Carrie's Instagram post that said her love story was literally like the love story um, by Taylor Swift. And the way that they the way that she put it is it has the lyrics and then it also has their love story along with it. So I read through that and I was like, this is so cute. I wonder if they'll be on the podcast. So I reached out and she got back to me and they agreed. So thank you guys so much. You're very welcome. So to kick things off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourselves? Well, I'm Carrie. He's Michael. (laughs) And uh, we've been married uh, almost 29 years. It'll be 29 years at the end of next month and August. So, and I don't know how to summarize us. (laughs) It's hard to do. We have two children. They're both adults. Uh, Son is 26, daughter is 25. Actually, he's 27 now. 27. <laughs> and um, it's been a wild ride. You know, got married, did a Navy career, ended up having to be retired a little early because I hurt my back. Mm. Uh, did 13 years and change on submarines in the Navy. And I always say she had the harder job because she was basically a single mom when I was deployed mm. and taking care of the house and everything. And the first five years at sea, I was on a movie figure, like just over a year. Yeah, if you added everything up, it was over, I think it was between three years on two boats. He was home for maybe a year, the longest stretch being two months. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it was just peppered. There would be, he'd be home for a week and then out for three weeks. And then he'd be home for two weeks and then, you know, out for a week. So it just, it was constantly like that for like three or four years. It was constant. Yes. Fortunately, got a break and did a four-year shore tour as an instructor in upstate New York. And so we got more time together there. Mm-hmm. Back to a boat. That's where I actually got hurt. Dude, it was a stupid accident. It's not even a cool story. <laughs> and, uh, ended up shifting through commands and finally got medically retired and been out for actually longer than I was in now. It's almost 15 years yeah. since they retired me. And now it's just... we. We had a period with my dad living with us. He's passed away now and raised the kids. And they're both going yeah. out doing their thing. So it's it's back to just the two of us. And the dogs. And the dogs. <laughs> All right. So we are going to go back to the beginning of your story. How did you guys meet? <laughs> we were nerds. Yes. <laughs> we met at a summer camp at a local college in Pennsylvania. 
The summer camp was a business camp where for one week you run a simulated business. Hmm. And I was interested in going into business. And so I went to this. I was a student. He was a, a uh, basically an intern. An intern. Yeah. He was a, a year ahead of me in high school, but he was now working with them, volunteering with them. And uh, there was one point where we had to take all of our results for each like marking quarter and get them turned in. And he was the one that everything had to be turned into. And I quickly volunteered to be the runner for my group. So <laughs> I run them to him because at registration, the very first day, I walk into this gigantic hall, tables everywhere, people everywhere. And I'm looking around and I see this guy and he just caught my eye. I kind of, he took my breath. And he kind of looked like Richard Marks. So that kind of caught my attention. <laughs> this was 1992. So that caught my attention. But so I'm watching him as he's just moving around from table to table. And I finally like, okay, like my, I have proceeded along and I'm about to get to the table that he's working and I get there and he's gone. I had been given another assignment. I had to go put books together. I, I was basically a step and fetch it as a volunteer. Oh, no. Well, the way I got there is I went the year before and mm -hmm. I love the program so much. I wrote them a letter because I, as silly as it is, the only reason I went was to get out of study hall. <laughs> they did the presentation in high school. I wanted out of study hall. So I got a pass and ended up going to this program and I fell in love with it. I thought it was one of the coolest things I'd ever done. So I wrote him a letter saying, hey, if there's anything you need me to do, I'll volunteer. And they got back to me and said, you know, this one person went off to college. So can you come basically be a gopher? Like, Absolutely. So anytime, hey, go do this. That's all I did. But I was happy to help. Yeah. So I end up like feeling heartbroken. I'm like, oh, no, where'd he go? And my dad, who's standing there with me, is giggling <laughs> because he knew exactly why I was so excited to get to that table. Um, but later on, I found out that he's going to be the one that we have to turn everything into. And I'm like, that's him. I got <laughs> this job. Okay. So I ran into him like three or four times a day. I had to take stuff up to him. But I'm student. He's staff. Yeah. Not supposed to be talking to each other. Yeah, that didn't matter. <laughs> that did not matter. Just had to keep it quiet. Yeah, just uh, Wednesday night, we get a little bit of free time. So he kind of hung out with me and my friends, but it was really hanging out with, hanging out with me. And uh, by that, by Friday night at the final dinner, final dance, uh, we got a, got a couple dances in and had exchanged phone numbers. I had even at one point sat in the hallway and wrote a letter to him. It said, would you ever consider a long distance relationship? Because we lived four hours apart, opposite ends oh. of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I was 16. He was 17. It's not like we can just easily drive <laughs> back and forth. And because uh, I don't even think I have my license at that point yet. So he, I, he's walking by me in the hallway and I just held it up to him. He grabbed it as he walked by 
went and did his stuff. Well, when he came back by, I was still in the hallway. And mm-hmm. he just hands it back to me and goes, yeah, that would work. And he kept walking. Because remember, we're not supposed, not supposed to be mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there. And of course, all my friends in, you know, that are waiting in the hallway, well, what was that about? What will work? And I'm like, oh, I had an advertising idea. And he told me, yeah, that'll be great. So then I had to come up with something like off the wall <laughs> once I got in there. But yeah, so we ended up having a long distance relationship. Two weeks later, he came out and that's how he met my parents was coming out to stay with us for a weekend. Yeah, that was the, the oddity. We didn't do dates because <laughs> it was four hours apart. <laughs> I drove across Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. stayed in their basement, scared to death because my father had me convinced that if I made the wrong move, I'd have a shotgun to the face from my dad. <laughs> So I just, yeah. I, just, I didn't know at the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that that's how it went. And we'd talk on the phone whenever we could, but. Some expensive phone That bills. was expensive phone bills because that was long distance phones. Yeah. So. Back in the day where they charged you for a minute. <laughs> so lots and lots of handwritten notes. I was constantly running to the mail when I got home, checking for, you know, anything from him. Constantly. If I wasn't at work, or not at work, he was at work. If I wasn't at school or working on band, because I was in band, if I wasn't one of those two things, I was writing a letter to him. I Just diary entries, basically. Everything I was doing. <laughs> and that, we did that for about three months, and then we broke up. Yeah, I, I was the fool that had to break it off. Um, my family wasn't the best. My brother was in a lot of trouble. and. Mm-hmm. Harry had a very, she'll even say it, relatively naive childhood. And I didn't want to have to put her through the stress of going to court and seeing my brother in jail and all this other stuff. Because mm. he, to this day, I think he's still addicted to drugs. He did a lot of stealing and drugs and stuff. And I didn't want to expose her to that. I was just in my mind thinking I was trying to protect her from it. So I was like, you know what? We'll have to take a break till this gets better. Yeah. So we broke up and ended up dating other people over a year and a half. Oh, wow. And uh, I ended up in a very bad relationship, needed someone to talk to that wasn't involved, that didn't really know anything, just outside of it all. And so I called out to his house one day, hoping that I could catch him maybe at home, not at college, because he had already graduated at this point. And uh, I talk to his mom and I'm like I really need to talk to Mike can you know is he going to be home and she goes no Carrie here's his phone number call him she did my mother did not care for the girl I was dating at the time <laughs> she was just like here here's his number call him at school he'd love to hear from you so I called him and uh ended up talking to him and getting support from him and help he kind of helped me figure out what to do but he was in a a relationship so i wasn't trying to like get him back mm-hmm. i just needed he was still a good friend. really good friend mm-hmm. and uh first thing i ever had to do was to give her the right advice yeah <laughs> he told me that i needed to you know try and work it out and it, i thought if she thought he was worth it give him another chance because yeah. her her boyfriend a bit abusive and did the whole i'm sorry i'll change Mm-hmm. She wasn't sure what to do, and I didn't want to tell her to take it back. <laughs> but it's the right answer, you know. If your heart's still in it, then you have to try. Yeah. So I I tried, but 
I can honestly say I don't know if I gave that guy 100% after that point. But he hadn't changed his ways at Mm -hmm. all. Things were getting worse. So I ended up cutting it off. And I called him and I'm like, I did it. He goes, well, I'm going to come out and just visit you. And, you know, make sure everything's okay. okay." He wanted to like be my bodyguard for the weekend because this guy was being real dirt. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. Come on out. Meanwhile, I'm like, yes, he's coming out. (laughs) And uh, I'd gone out to a local amusement park because this was like the early spring of my senior year. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a job before I go off to college. Going to work at the amusement park. So I took, they were having a hiring day. I go out, I leave my application. I come back and his car's already outside. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. So he had to have been like up and out. (laughs) And he's already there. And I walked in my front door. He's sitting at the counter talking with my mom. She's pouring a cup of tea. He's just chatting. She's laughing. That was the moment. I walked in and saw him there and we haven't been apart since. He was still with the girl. He was still with his girlfriend. I was still dating Sarah. It was the following Monday. I went in and broke it off. I gave her three hours to yell at me. Just sat there and took it. Because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that was it. But uh, yeah, and like we didn't go around that that first weekend back together as if we were back together. Like Mm -hmm. we were just friends because I understood he owed it to her. To do the right thing, yeah, yeah to break up or anything silly like that. I just yeah. I had to do the right thing. And so it was after, like, I think it was two weeks later, he ended up coming back down, mm-hmm. and we were like officially back together at that point. And but that that moment, whenever I walked into the house and saw him there, I'm like, yeah, we're we're together. That's that's it. We're back together. We're married. Because when I had met him, like in 92, I looked at my mom that weekend that I met him and said, Mom, I met the guy I'm going to marry. And she looked at me and looked at, like, kind of quizzed me for a second, just looking at me. And she's like, you know what? I think you did. And within two years, we were married because we got back together in it was Easter, April ish, yeah, of ninety two of ninety four. We were engaged in June. In June of ninety four, a week after I graduated high school, and the end of August in ninety four, we were married. Wow! It just went. Shoom. Wasn't gonna let let make the same mistake I made the first time. Was like not let her get away this time. Yep. We got back together, and that was it. We were together. Now, Everything else, the wedding, all that, it was like formality more than anything. (laughs) Okay, we have to make it legal. We have to do the church part. I get that. But in our minds, in our hearts, we were back together that April. That was it. Wow. (laughs) So that fall, when it was time to go back to school, did you guys do like marriage dorms or? Um, (laughs) We didn't go back to school because. Yeah, he ended up dropping out and starting to work, and I didn't get to start. I was supposed to start at that same college because mm-hmm. I really did like the college. <laughs> but uh, I ended up pregnant, and mm-hmm. so we decided, well, okay, we, like we got engaged, and about a month later, we found out I was pregnant, and went, oh, 
Hmm. Well, <laughs> let's kind of speed that wedding timeline up a little bit. Maybe we were going the wedding up. Yeah, because we initially thought, well, let's get a year of college in and then get mm-hmm. married. And uh, no, it was, we sped it up and just decided to go straight on into family. Yeah, I dropped out and got a job as a, working as an auto mechanic. It was like, I got to raise a family. I got to provide for my wife. Mm-hmm. College will have to wait. Yep. And then that didn't even work very well because a week after the we got married, I miscarried. So hmm. our wedding started off just, our marriage together started off just as a slam. But I realized also that if we were going to make it through that within the first week of being married, we were going to do pretty good. Because <laughs> we made it through. It was devastating. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's all we wanted was to be married and have kids. Like we wanted a lot of kids and all this stuff. And we've actually had two miscarriages. So four pregnancies, two kids. We wanted four children when we got married and we're like, well, we had four pregnancies and that's kind of. Yeah. That's, that's what, what we were given. So yeah, that's just one of the things that we've been. through. <laughs> and that was, like you said, that was early on because your timeline literally just like sped up. Yep. In that moment, I know, Carrie, you knew that like he was the one. Michael, when did you know that Carrie was like, oh, yeah, this is this is her. It was I was thinking about that last night. It was after I got back from doing the volunteer work at uh, Pennsylvania for Enterprise Week. It was a discussion with my dad in the driveway. We used to my parents had an old farmhouse and my dad and I used to just sit in the driveway and watch the sun go down and have talks. And it was during a discussion with him that I I was devastated that I couldn't get out there to see her that soon. And he just looked at me and went, yeah, I know how you feel. And that was his way of saying, yeah, you found her. And I knew it too. (laughs) Yeah, we kind of both knew really early on. It just, I kind of laugh when people, because we've had people ask us, and I'm talking like other adults, our kids' friends, all ages, always ask, well, how do you know? How do you know it's the person? Mm-hmm. No good way to describe it. You, you can't describe it. We knew. We didn't question, do we know? Is this mm-hmm. the one? It was, that's the one. No doubt, no no flutters, no thinking, just knew it was the one. Yeah, that's the way I would put it is, if you're questioning it, then it might not be. Yeah, it could be. It but, could be, but it might not be. Yeah. It's just, it was never a question. But yeah, and as you can tell, because you read the, the love story thing, I'm a romantic. I'm a fairy <laughs> tale. I'm 47 years old and I'm still like that about everything. I am just, I'm a diehard romantic. I am a realist. Like, I know that things can go wrong and everything. But I still cry at love songs because I feel them. So, yeah, as you know, there are things that your heart knows and you got to stop thinking, overthinking it and just go with it. Yeah, it was that's probably one of the things that I would tell people is. You know, I always hear these discussions. Oh, when will I have be financially right here? When am I mature enough? You, if you keep asking those questions, you're never going to be ready. Mm. I mean, yeah, you have to be responsible, but I wouldn't hinder decisions of the heart for something like this based on a checklist. 
of do I have this? Do I have that? Yeah. That all come with time. Well, I also I like the way somebody had put it one time because I mean, obviously we were young, 18, 19, and we got married. And people are like, well, but if I don't have this, I need to work towards this or I need to get this first. We'll get married and then work towards that together. Mm. And you have a support network. It's yeah. built in. We grew up together. together. And so our our interests, while we have our own, they also kind of melded with each other's and became fuller. And we just learned how to work as a unit together. And that doesn't mean we agree on everything. There's things we don't agree on. And it's, I think the best way I can put it to the people that have asked me is not only do I absolutely love her, but she's my best friend. I mean, there's things that even if it wasn't for the love, she'd be the first one I'd want to tell when Mm -hmm. things happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely my best friend. I really like the way that you described, because we've asked that question to people like the, how do you know that they were the one? And I really do appreciate the way that you guys answered it with the, there's like no doubt, like you just know, because if you start to question it, it may not be the one. And I think that's the first time we've heard someone explain it like Mm -hmm. that, where it's just like, you know, can't really tell you how you know, but you just know. Yeah. Like, because our daughter is in a relationship now and she had almost sworn off a relationship. She was like, I haven't found the right person. (laughs) I don't have anything. There's no one out there that's going to allow me to attain to what you guys have. And I'm like, well, you're going to find what you need, what you want. You just wait for it. It'll it'll show up. And uh, she stopped looking and then she found it like almost instantly. And. This was, and it's so funny because I looked at her at one point and I went, it's kind of neat when you just know, isn't it? She's like, I never knew what that meant. But yeah, you just know. Yeah, don't force it. It'll happen. Yeah. And I also worry a lot of people are like, well, I have to achieve marriage or relationship or kids or whatever by certain times. No, it'll happen when it's meant to happen. If you force it, that's where the problems start. Yeah. Mm. Work it out together and the when doesn't matter as long as you're working it together. Did you guys um, talk about marriage or how did you propose? Was there a proposal Uh, story? Okay. (laughs) Um, She graduated and then was coming out to stay with my parents. And then we planned a little trip to an amusement park. And Carrie always loved the Eiffel Tower. Uh, We were both basically broke. I had money to get her to the Eiffel Tower, but I could get her to the top of the Eiffel Tower at King's Dominion. The theme park. <laughs> so we went to King's Dominion, got to the top of the top of the Eiffel Tower, and that's where I proposed. Yeah, that is really cute. And then we got to spend the rest of the day riding roller coasters and playing around at an amusement park in the rain. It was raining. It ended up raining. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't shut it down so it made it easier because then we could ride whatever we wanted. There was no lines. Was... Yeah, so we spent that day. Yeah, I have a picture of it. And you know how you go to amusement parks and you get the little viewfinders that have the mm-hmm. pictures in them? That's my engagement photo. <laughs> you just didn't know it at the time. I took the picture when we first walked in the park. Well, you walk in the park and they catch you and they get you with the Paramount logo and the Eiffel mm-hmm. Tower in the background and all that stuff. And we're like, okay, yeah, let's take a picture because this is like our first trip is just the two of us. Mm-hmm. So let's get a picture for that. And we bought it. And then, you know, about a half an hour later, he's like, well, let's go up to the tower and get that done. You can, you've never been here. We'll see the park. 
because it's, you know, you can get an overview of the whole park. So I'm like, okay. So I'm standing there and he's pointing stuff out because he's been there a lot. He's just pointing things out. And then he starts going into about how he always wanted to share this park with somebody special. And he's telling me all these things about me. And I'm like, wait a second. And I turn around and he's down on one knee. And there's people in the elevator. The elevator operators stopped the elevator so they could lean out. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> leaning out. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is happening now. Like, I knew it was going to happen at some point. But I'm like, oh, like now this is going on now. And he asked me and I was so excited and so in shock. I just kept nodding to him and like, but I was backing up. I knew my knees across the ground. I didn't realize this, but he had my hand. And so I'm backing up, but I have like a death grip on his hand. And so as I'm backing up, I'm pulling him. So he's like <laughs> hopping along on one knee, dragging it across the metal grating. So I got a ring and he got a bruise. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was about six or seven hours later that night I looked at him and went oh no he goes what I'm like I never actually answered you <laughs> I was like I got the gist but yeah, I'd be like, like to hear you say yes so that initial acceptance was a nonverbal agreement and just my nodding and excitement <laughs> oh yeah so but yeah that was our first trip and I don't think we got the viewfinder till after I proposed because you looked at it and you went, I should have known because of the grin on your face in that picture. Oh, man. <laughs> he had a poo-eating grin on his face behind me, so I can't see his expression. But he's just cheesing it in that picture. I'm like, you knew what was coming, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like such a blurry picture because I... Old school scanner in like 2000, I took that little teeny tiny picture and put it on my scanner, scanned it in, and then just kept blowing it up until I could tell what it was, but it wasn't too distorted. It's not terrible. <laughs> no. It looks like a very old photo. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was, that was our engagement story. And then we get back from that trip like a couple of days, or I think it was the next day. We're back at his parents' house and I call my mom. My mom and my dad. I'm so excited. I can't wait to tell them. And I get them on the phone. I'm like, mom, guess what? She's like, what? It's like, we're getting married. She goes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dead silence. Uh-huh. And I'm like, mom, she goes, what? I'm like, he proposed to me yesterday. She goes, oh, you're like actually getting married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she goes, well, I knew you two were going to get married, but I did it like it didn't register with her what I had said. So that tells you how much I would always talk about him because she's like, yeah, you're talking about Mike again. Okay. But yeah, so my mother's reaction at first was, yeah, it was silence. (laughs) She was very excited though. They were both at that point, by the time we got engaged, they were both very happy. Everybody was, was happy about it. Let's uh, hop forward a little bit. What was the first year of marriage? I know you had like a rough first week or so, but how did the rest of that first year go for you guys? Well, we lived in a one bedroom, really teeny tiny apartment above a garage. I was found it because it's all we could afford. In fact, that it had, part of the garage had been raised. So one of our walls was actually outside wall cedar shingles. Mm-hmm. That was inside the apartment. 
<laughs> and they had just roofed in around it. It was the cutest little place. And we were flat broke the whole time. Yeah. And it was we, hilarious. It was so much fun. It was our first year of marriage. Well, uh, the majority of the first year of marriage <laughs> was really fun. We, like he said, we were broke, but we just, we didn't know any better. We were married. We were together. We're, we're new. Happy. We were starting out. That's all we needed. Each other. That was it. We'll find a way to make everything work. I couldn't work because of my anxiety keeps me from working. But uh, so sadly, everything falls on him. That's okay. When we got married, I had told her, if you want to work, you can. But all I ask is that you, your salary is $1 more than daycare. I just didn't want to go into a hole if she wanted to work. Yeah. If she didn't work, I was fine with it. It didn't matter either way to me. Yeah. So, but we had a lot of fun. You know, we we still laugh about the fact that we did know about defrosting freezers. So we were like, well, okay, it's the middle of winter. Our porch is covered and we had a snowstorm. So there's like six, seven inches of snow out there. We'll take everything out of the freezer, stick it in the snow. It'll be fine. We took everything out of the fridge and did that too. So we lost all of our produce because we weren't thinking. So we stuck our lettuce in the snow, mm. all that stuff. We, we lost all of it because it took longer to defrost it. By the time we got it all back in, it was bricks. Yeah. <laughs> froze a bunch of stuff that shouldn't have been frozen. But we still laugh. Like, it was just one of those, okay, well, that was a lesson learned. Mm -hmm. We had a, we used to get the Sunday paper just because one of the coupons. Mm -hmm. And the guy came around to pay for the paper bill and I'm like looking at the checkbook. I think it was like $5 and 10 cents or something. And the checkbook only had $3 left. I'm like, well, we need to come up with $2 and 10 cents. <laughs> so we scrounged around the house, literally tore the cushions out of the couch. Ran down to the car, looking in the seats. We wrote a check for three bucks and paid the rest in quarters, nickels, dimes and pennies. Yep. And then sat on the floor and laughed until we cried after they paid the bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we started from nothing <laughs> but that's how it, where else are you going to go at that point but uh i mean it was technically was still roughly in the first year after the navy we did the same thing i was joined the navy we were stationed in orlando when i was in school and we got on what they called the beeline expressway just to go for a drive we didn't have any money but we just drive around and see stuff and i realized it was a toll road i'm like oh, uh -oh. No. i didn't have any cash it took pennies. I didn't know tolls would take pennies. They did. They used to. Yeah. yeah. I threw like 50 cents and there was like a quarter and 25 pennies or something in there. And I watched it click up. I'm like, woo, we made it. Yeah, but <laughs> like, yes. But yeah. And he actually joined the Navy within that first year. Cause when we got married, that wasn't on the radar. Yeah. It was not at all. Plan. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he ended up answering a one ad in the classifieds and then when they answered the phone it was sneaky. u.s navy so sneaky so he was like oh well all right i'll listen to them so he went and talked joined the navy and he left for boot camp seven, seven months, months of the day that we got married so march 27th he went to boot camp so we hadn't even been married a year and he's gone for two gone. months and uh, so I moved back in with my parents because there was no point in me staying in the apartment that we're going to have to leave anyway. Mm -hmm. So went ahead, great landlord. He was like, yeah, go ahead. Doesn't, you know, you're fine. So I moved in with my parents and then. We had the advantage of because her father had been in the Navy in the 60s. So 
before I actually signed up, not only did her dad get to talk to us, her mom sort of knew some of the dependent part. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the few guys you'll ever hear that had a good recruiter. Yeah. He was actually very honest. Oh, that's good. He looked at me as like, it's going to stink. He looked at her and said, it's probably going to stink more for you. But mm-hmm. your eye on the what it gives you, because I didn't have a formal education at that point. I was a high school graduate. I wasn't trade certified in any unions or anything. And in Pennsylvania, you had to be in a union to get a labor job. And I wasn't. I would have had to start from zero. So when I joined the Navy, he was just very brutally honest, but it helped. And then he looked at us and said, OK, we've talked. I've talked to your wife. He insisted on talking to her and said, go away for a week or two. I don't want to see you for a couple of weeks. You need to really think about this. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, a great decided, recruiter. Yeah, was he great. was amazing and rare. <laughs> but yeah, he was really good. And we did. We went away. And I think we went up to the town that we had met in. Stayed up there, had a nice weekend, like literally just got away from everything. And talked about it. And talked about it and realized that, you know what, we we made it through like an almost two-year separation while dating. Mm-hmm. And uh, we dated long distance. Like we can do separation. We don't like it, but we can do it. And if this is going to advance us a little bit further for a few years, okay. Because we figured we'd go in, he'd do like four or six years, and then we'd be out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then career. <laughs> we were going career until he got hurt. So it was, you know, 13 and a half years. So, but on submarines. Yeah. So that first year of marriage started out with our, you know, we got married, had a miscarriage, all kinds of fun stuff in that first apartment. He joined the Navy and we moved to Orlando and we had our one year anniversary in already Orlando. being in Orlando for two months. So, yeah. It was a, a whirlwind. Everything with us is a whirlwind. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> kind of the story behind us is lots of things are whirlwinds. We decide we're going to do something. We just go and do it. We're not going to, if we both agree on it, then it's meant for us to do and we're just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Together. Oh, yeah. Always together. That's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Literally speechless because it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a first year. We look back at it and go, obviously we made it. And sometimes we're even like, how did we do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just one day at a time, really. Yeah. Not worrying so much about the long distance or the long term and just face the day. And then we ended up, our our anniversary was end of August. And by mid-September, we found out we were pregnant with our first child with our son so by our second year we had our first first kid then about 18 months later we had had our daughter daughter. (laughs) (laughs) we had the the last miscarriage and uh, okay yeah that was it and raised the two of them and that was a ride in itself because our our son was special needs and so i was dealing with a lot of that by myself because he mm-hmm. was deployed most of the time so there was that stress <laughs> it is what it is it was our life that's all we knew people are like how do you do it and i'm like what choice do you have we didn't have a choice this was what we knew this is mm-hmm. what we wanted to do it so we did it yeah so 
Yeah. It's, <laughs> there was, sometimes I stop. My dad goes, do you ever just stop and think about everything you guys have been through? Just problems that we've overcome, major problems that we've overcome together. Things that we've dealt with, places we've been, all kinds of stuff. 13 houses. 13 houses. No. And I'm like, no. You were in the military for 13 and a half years. You went through 13 houses? Yeah, it was. Two of them were here. Two of them were here. And then we had the apartment. So 10 in the military. And it was weird because (laughs) like one of them was literally next door. It was a duplex. And they're like, we're going to renovate. So we're going to move. We renovated unit 71. You're in 69. We're just going to move you next door. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then so annoying. One. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I hate moving. <laughs> oh, I know. We get to the point where it was like, okay, whatever. Thankfully, it was, it was military, so they packed, they, they moved, loaded, they, they yeah. We just had to be there, but they took care of everything. We had to unpack, but and they're just the ones that they're going to break something every time. Something's always broken every time. <laughs> it's that it's either broken or lost. And I was just like, <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's like. I don't have to pack, but I may not get everything when I get. Something. You're right. Yes. Absolutely right. Anything that we couldn't stand to lose, we just transported in the vehicles. We didn't yeah, we took it with ourselves. I took it ourselves. But mm. she used to drive her nuts because used to have a component stereo. And I took every piece of that and would pack it in the trunk. <laughs> but that meant we kept the boxes for it. It used to drive her And all the packing styrofoam, like every oh, no, yeah. That was like one closet was just empty boxes waiting for the next move. Mm-hmm. But hey, we did it. So when they miniaturized stuff into like iPods and stuff, that was actually a blessing. <laughs> so much easier. Absolutely. So when you... Um, transitioned out of the military what was life like for that because that was like that was uh difficult not being there a lot and now you're there all the time no he was every day oh no actually no <laughs> the job i ended up with i got hired as an instructor for a private company and that's teaching at different customer sites so <laughs> it, was, it wasn't nearly as long or as frequent as the navy Mm-hmm. The, the Navy would be like a week home, like she said, a week home, two, three weeks out, another week home. But it was every month I was gone for probably four to six days. And it was just, yeah. I actually literally have been to more places in the private world than I was with the Navy. Because when I got out of the Navy, I'd been to nine countries. My country count is currently 30, Jeez. and I've been to 45 states. So, yeah. So, Fine. yeah. What are you wasting time? Make it those last five. (laughs) Yeah, he's trying. (laughs) Well, Alaska, Hawaii. I don't know how I missed South Dakota because I got North Dakota, Arizona, New Mexico. Those are the last. Arizona and New Mexico are a weekend. (laughs) They are, but from Pennsylvania, that's kind of a long trip. It is a long trip. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was actually it was. I actually enjoyed having him home on a semi-regular schedule because it was the teenage years yeah with the kids it was it was nice having him home when they needed more adults around i mean little kids i love little i love them when they're little but it's harder when they're teenagers Mm. so it was nice i mean i had my parents because they lived in this we moved back to my hometown so i had that but it was it was really nice having him home. I loved it because I'm like, I have waited like all of our life together to finally have you home. 
And then he gets a job where he travels. <laughs> I don't anymore. So no, that that it has stopped. He got to a point now where he's the one that sends people out. So okay, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of people like, oh no, what are you going to do? He's home all the time now. You're not used to that. I'm like, I've been waiting. I'm so happy. <laughs> I was waiting that he's home. Yeah, waking up in different hotels, different cities, and stuff. It's- where am I at? What am I doing again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to go home. And it was only really about uh, 17, 2017 that he stopped traveling. I was, I was still traveling, just not very frequently. Yeah, that was the last of the 2017 was the last of the big long trips. And that was Switzerland, I think. Well, that was in Virginia. But uh yeah. so yeah, that was it was nice once he was home but it, that wasn't even until like kind of recently and then and then lockdown mm-hmm. happened and he went to work remote and so he's been home for three years for three years his every day he maybe go he goes into the office maybe once a week twice a week maybe but uh no he's he's been home it's been trying at times yeah because my the job i do now is kind of a I always joke with customers. It's like the butterball hotline. Like, <laughs> you can't figure out how to make the turkey. Well, our customers with their equipment, if they have a problem, they call us. Mm-hmm. And that could be at any time of the day. Mm. And when I was working in the office, it was a proclivity for all of us. We get to the end of the day, go home. And unless it was really, really urgent, we wouldn't fire up the computers and start looking. But now because it's just walking up 12 stairs, more inclined to do stuff because I could take breaks during the day. Yeah. So yeah, he gets phone calls a little more often now. His work day is technically a little longer, but he's just upstairs. So if I need him, he's still here. Mm-hmm. But I get to see the workday stress now, which I never got to see before because he was at work. I had a half an hour drive to get rid of it before I got home. Yeah. So that took some adjusting. I did not know. We didn't know how to do it together because no. we, we'd never, we'd we never, never done that before. Mm-hmm. So there were arguments. Yes. There was stress. Yep. We got through it. <laughs> we argue, but we never stop love. I mean, the love's there. So the tensions come and go, but. And that's a lot of that still ties back to the advice we got from her aunt when we got married. It's never go to bed angry. Mm. you can be upset you can agree to disagree but let it go and don't go to bed angry give each other a kiss take a deep breath agree to continue talking about it the next day but don't go to bed with that tension still there because if you go to bed with that stress you wake up with that stress and it Mm -hmm. just keeps feeding or you don't sleep well that night and now you're even in a worse mood the the next day and then the, the discussion starts out as an argument instead of a discussion So very frequently we have the attitude, I love you. I don't like you right now. Mm -hmm. It happens. I love you. It would just, but another, he's the kind of person that when he gets upset, he needs to be alone. I'm very needy. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm upset, I want to talk it out. I want to see his face. I need to be around him. I need his energy to help me calm down. But if we're mad at each other, he doesn't want to be around me because he needs to calm down. I don't want to yell. I don't want to blow up or spin myself up. So I try and 
get myself into an, a more level place to have a more rational discussion. So, yeah, that usually if he was upset about something, especially if it was at work, he had his drive home and would calm down. So anything that happened once he got home, that tension was already gone. Mm -hmm. So any home tension was like new and easier for him to work out. But now it's all one. So. Thanks. But uh, yeah, we got through it. So we've had what, like three and a half years now of you being home. March of 2020. So we got, I'd say overall, we got pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. We're smiling now. So (laughs) for sure. No, I like that explanation on never go to sleep angry because I hear that a lot. I'm just like, but how? But the way you guys explain it, where it's just like you kiss and we will talk about it tomorrow, but we're just not going to bed like still with a lot of this angry tension between us. And I really like that. Yeah, it's like if you have something broken, set it aside. Go back to it when you can think. Go back when you can think straight. So we just take the discussion and set it aside. Maybe even start joking about something else or watch a comedy or listen to some music or something. Just take our minds off of it. Give each other a kiss, go to bed. Yeah. And then we'll revisit it in the morning. And there have been some topics where we have trouble talking to each other about it. We can't figure out how to get that conversation started because either it's just a difficult topic in general or we know the other person is really ticked and we don't know how to approach that. We've written letters to each other and passed them under doors just to get that conversation going. And that doesn't mean we're we're doing that because we're staying away from each other. So we yeah. might still be in the same room, but we don't know how to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I can just get my words written down and usually it's sometimes in a text, but I will still, if we've gotten to this point, I will still sit down pen to paper and write out a letter because one, that's how I write, how I get my thoughts out the clearest. But two, that takes me and him instantly back to when we were dating. Yeah, it's it was easy. It was simple. This is how we started. So we will take whatever. And I'm talking like difficult topics. Like we had a failed adoption. We had he had drinking issues. Like there were some heavy issues. My father committed suicide in our house. I mean, it, we didn't know how to discuss it because we both viewed it a different way. Yeah. So letter writing and, you know, destroy that letter when you read it, get rid of it. I don't care what you do with it, but you have read it. You know, my thought process. now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's how we do that. Looking back over the past 29, almost 30 years of marriage, what are some of the biggest lessons that you guys have learned about marriage? Have patience. Patience. That's going to be it. There's going to be differences. You're going to discover new things about each other, especially being together as long as we have. People think, oh, well, when I hit certain point, I know everything about him. We have no secrets. Well, no, you don't have secrets, but people change. You change together and have patience as that change is happening and learn, constantly be willing to grow. Yes. And we're not the same people we were when we were 19 and 18. And as we grow, yes, a lot of it was together, but I'm sure this is true with most relationships. Either one or both people work. 
So they're going to have ways they change because they interact with their work crew mm-hmm. or they interact with other mothers if they're not like a, a parent's group. And those are things that I have to learn about her. And that's exciting to me that there's still things that we'll learn about each other. I mean, she's starting to get into some other items with plans in the future. That's fascinating to me. It's things that are new. You never, you never know each other completely and you never stop appreciating learning something new about each other. And don't be friends. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be kids. Right. Go on dates. We Don't be afraid to be goofy. We still date. We still run around like we're, like we're still those teenagers. And there are times where that is exactly how I feel. He still makes me feel like that 18-year-old when we got married. And we were just on vacation down at uh, down the Outer Banks, playing in the waves. They were knocking me down. <laughs> it was just... And all we're knocking both of us down. But he could all he could do was stand there and laugh. I mean, we're both laughing. I'm like reaching for him for dear life because I'm laughing and I so I have no energy to stand up. But that I mean, you look around and that's how the teenagers are acting too. Don't care about the other people. Act how you want to act. Yeah, don't worry about what other people think. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things I think too. The patience and just be you. Don't worry about the supposed to or the should do's or nope that's not what attracted you to each other to begin with as times change society tries to put expectations on people Mm -hmm. they don't really apply the only real expectation is that you don't do anything dangerous or break the law other than that have have fun you know even in the worst of times we can normally find something to laugh about yeah i mean laughter's huge yeah that's that's how I got him through um, his back surgery. He had major back surgery because of his injury, injury in the Navy. And uh, he was finally home from the hospital. And they sent a visiting nurse out for like rehab and therapy. And this was her first visit to us. He'd only been home from the hospital like 18 hours. And uh, he's, so I go down, get her, bring her upstairs to the bed he's in. And I go over and hop. Onto She's the bed. on the bed, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh dear Lord, ow!" It hurts. <laughs> I mean, I was giggling. Yeah, I wasn't like jumping, but I wasn't being gentle on the bed. <laughs> I, I come from my parents were in the medical profession, so I'm like, I understand what's going on, but I also knew his limits, mm-hmm. and so I got him, and that was my whole point was to get him laughing. The nurse about had a heart attack until she realized that we were both. This laughing. is just how we're gonna be. <laughs> and uh, she said that that was really going to help his recovery. And he did recover faster than they expected. So mm-hmm. laughing. I just, we do our best to keep each other laughing. Yeah, that's what we, one of the biggest keys is find ways to make each other smile and laugh. Yeah. No matter how, you know, intricate or goofy or whatever, just find ways to, that gives me the greatest joy is when she starts giggling and can't stop. <laughs> and there's just it'll be the silliest little thing will happen and that just turns into like almost an inside joke yeah yeah so that's what we do we we laugh we laugh he gives me butterflies give each other kisses every night mm-hmm. that's our recipe <laughs> <laughs> 
You guys are too cute. I cannot like, <laughs> you guys are adorable. I love this so much. You sound so like much. our daughter. Our daughter is 25 and she's like, do you guys realize that you have a fan club? <laughs> friends just adore the two of you. And I'm like, okay. She's been telling me this for years. Well, then I've like run into her friends and they're doing the same thing. You two are so cute together. And I'm like, we're just us. Just how <laughs> we, we don't are. know how else to be. We came from like good married families. We do what we were around. This is us. That's all we know. Yeah, but the only thing that we do outside of being us is we always strive to help other people too. Yeah. I mean, there was a time in the Navy where there was a young sailor who found herself basically almost dying at a party. And her and I were sitting in the tub trying to keep her breathing because she had alcohol poisoning. She ended up living with us for a few weeks just to help her get squared away. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the hardest part of that was she ended up having a fallback. And it, I know our daughter took it really hard because I think Holly was about six or seven or eight around then. Yeah. And it was like, well, so much for that. That doesn't mean we stopped trying at yeah, heartbreaking, but that's the, the part of just being who we are is the joy outwardly is helping people. Yeah. We do what we can. We help ourselves. We help our family and we help others together. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds cool. I always throw in that together, but it's <laughs> we do, we, we do everything together. And even I was recently at a Taylor Swift concert with my daughter and a group of her friends. And uh, we got back to the, her, my daughter's house at like two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I called him to come pick me up. And one of her friends goes, are you sure you can't just like stay over here tonight with us? And like, and I'm like, no, I'm sorry. But if I can sleep beside my husband, that's where I am. So that's, that's our togetherness. Mm-hmm. We've spent too much time apart from yeah. each other that we have to be together whenever we can be. So Carrie, what is your favorite thing about Michael? And Michael, what is your favorite thing about Carrie? You want to go first? Before you go, I think about this. His intensity. I love his intensity. If he has something that he wants to do, he's all in it. Whether it's an idea, whether it's a project, whether it's helping somebody, whether it's making sure that I'm taken care of, he is intense and driven and going to make sure that it's done. It's done well. And that he's taking care of it. And I love that. <laughs> I just don't like doing things halfway. Yeah. <laughs> and if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to learn. But with Carrie, it's her joy. It, there's an inner light. I don't know how to describe it. Even when she's mad, I can see the light. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There's always just this spark of joy and positivity because, quite frankly, I came from a very cynical family. Being in the military, you get cynical because you see things that a lot of people don't see that aren't the best parts of the world. But it's nice to come home and know that there'll be a joy when I walk through the door. I I can't dwell. I've had times where I dwell. I've stuck on the bad and excuse me. It's not good. It's not her. It's not good. I get stuck in depressive mode sometimes. 
And I'm like, nope, I, if I'm, if I cannot be that way, I'm not going to be that way. So I'm, I don't know. I, that's just me. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I love how you described each other. That was so great. <laughs> You've got two more fans. I just love it. <laughs> when I tell you, maybe we should start selling. Yeah, we, we don't sell t-shirts or hats or anything. It's just us. I'm Team Carrie and Michael. Like yeah. it's just Carrie and Michael. Yeah, it's all one word, Carrie and Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has been since '92. Yep. So when did you realize your love story was literally the love story by Taylor Swift? You have to answer that. <laughs> when the song came out, the first time I heard it, I'm like, come out oh, in like this... 14 or something. What's that? What year? It came out. Oh, oh eight. Oh, eight. Album, right? Yeah. 2008. I enjoyed Taylor Swift, but it was more Carrie and our daughter Holly that really got into her. So I didn't mind the songs and I, I didn't pay that much attention to the lyrics. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I remember I heard it and then, you know, it was all over country radio and that's what my mom was listening to. So my mom was even like, you know, that one song about Romeo and Juliet? I'm like, yeah. She said, that just sounds like you and Michael. <laughs> the first time you guys went to see the concerts because your mom bought the tickets. Yeah, my mom's the one that got me and my daughter started on Taylor Swift concert. We went to the Speak Now tour and me and... Our daughter have been to every concert since. That's a, oh, wow. a her and Holly thing. That's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom made it to two of them. Two of them before she passed away. But yeah. So, but yeah, it was when the song came out, I heard it and was like, oh my gosh, because it just it matched perfectly. Even the part he was saying earlier today when we were talking about it. Like, even there's a part in there where they're talking about, like, we'll just run away. Mm-hmm. I had an elopement dress. In case our parents weren't in agreement. I was still in high school talking to my civics teacher about what states allowed marriages without parental consent. Because I was 18, oh, okay. but I was still in high school. Mm-hmm. And in Pennsylvania, I since I was still in high school, I needed parental consent. My At age did yeah. yeah. And so, I, yeah, I was even talking to my civics teacher. And uh, so we were ready. Like, if we had any idea that our parents were going to be like, no, you, we don't want you guys getting married. We were like, oh, well, tough, because we're going to go do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everything, it just, and the more I listen to that song, the more I just remember. And just, it, that's our first year from getting back from meeting until getting married. It's that 92 to 94. That song is just us. And when I play it, I can't play it without crying. I see it in concert. The only reason I didn't cry at this last concert is because I practically lost my voice because I was screaming it so loud. (laughs) But um, yeah, a few years ago when I saw it live, I stood there and just bawled because it, it actually hit me just how much everything just kind of clicks and that I still feel that way. All these years later, he's, he's right here beside me and I've had him all that time. And I'm like, how, how does a fairy tale, a fictional story, like, how is that real? I live it and I don't get it. <laughs> so I don't get it either, yeah. but it's okay. I don't need to. Yeah. 
Our dog is cheering us on now. Yeah, Malibu <laughs> tends to talk. Hey, Team Carrie and Michael. <laughs> well, Carrie and Michael, first of all, we want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your guys' schedule and togetherness. Well, to do this podcast together. Um, and just thank you for just sharing your love story with us. But before we let you guys go, we do have one last question that we ask all of our guests. And that question is, is marriage worth it? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. You go with it, like we were saying earlier, go into it for the right reasons with the right person. It's absolutely worth it. Hundred percent. All righty. There you have it. It is a yes, an absolutely yes from <laughs> Carrie and Michael. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at MarriageWorthIt. You can also email us at MarriageWorthIt at gmail.com. I'm Monique. And I'm Janelle. And this has been... Is Marriage Worth It? <laughs>